1: I just want to go ahead and clear this up right now to y'all. J.C. is just misunderstood. He's probably one of my favorite teammates to play with, and he's one of those guys I look to my left and nod my head, and he already know we all on the same page.
2: So I love pass rushing with him. I just being around him in the locker room. He's just an
1: amazing friend and, man, amazing guy to work out. If you haven't seen somebody squat, that's a grown man right there. You need to watch him squat at
3: least. Mullion and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. That was Nolan Smith. He's a a teammate of Jalen Carter's talking at the uh scouting combine yesterday about Jalen Carter. I believe that was before uh these uh these misdemeanor charges were filed uh in Athens, Georgia. And you know, you heard from uh from Alan Judd there, that that could get more serious. Those charges could be a prelude to more serious charges, and apparently the Atlantic Journal-Constitution has some of that uh, tape of this. uh, The surveillance video could be very damning. Yeah.
1: And what we don't know is just what it shows and where the story is headed. Yesterday when the shocking announcement came and the story broke around 9 o'clock that there was an arrest warrant out for Jalen Carter. He has quickly left the combine, and now the fallout begins. How widespread will that fallout be? Because there are a lot of different levels of responsibility and culpability here. And we talked to Alan Judd, and, and it was interesting because the surveillance video is something I hadn't considered the re- public release of that. Yes. We'll see how, what kind of effect, what exactly what they have and what it shows. Also, what he included, in the, and he used the term that I referred to earlier about this cozy relationship between the University of Georgia football program and local authorities in law enforcement. How is it that whoever was in charge of, uh, whoever the, the law enforcement agent was responsible here was getting a phone call from the Georgia football liaison
3: in the middle of the night. The police chief got a phone call at three o'clock in the morning. The The crash occurred at like two 35 or mm-hmm. something. Right. Mm-hmm. So That would indicate that when this crash occurred, someone phoned the, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the police chief calling the liaison. It was someone presumably at the scene calling and reporting, hey, there's been a terrible accident. You know, we were raised whatever. And I, I mean, I think there's a ton of questions I'd like to know. Who the guy was, what his relationship is with the football program he asked the uh he asked the um the police chief to make sure that who whatever officers were on the scene would cooperate with him, he was heading there at that moment and you know again, Jalen Carter left the scene and then came back like an hour later two hours later, depending on the report you read and um and there was you know it was ruled a single car accident. At the scene, apparently there were three vehicles involved. Right when, when they are leaving wherever they were celebrating downtown, yeah. Pr- presumably there are three vehicles tavern.
1: that are on the surveillance video shown leaving the premises, and or the, the leaving that area at the same time. The Jeep that Carter was driving, uh, the Ford that Lacroix was driving, and a Dodge Charger driven by uh, linebacker Jamon Dumas Johnson. And so he was charged Dumas Johnson on February 23rd previously. And so there's, this is a, an extent the February 22nd charges of reckless driving and racing related to a separate incident. Now Jalen Carter's charges came yesterday as they could be upgraded to a felony, depending on what he liked to, what I also wondered Molly, in terms of this conversation between the liaison and the, and the uh, yeah. local police, yeah. they had to have spoken with the players maybe including Carter it would it would lead us to believe that they had a conversation that person had a conversation with the players to find out exactly what he was dealing with before going to law enforcement right. to try to present it to their buddy on the force
3: that is a short period of time it's quick from from the from the accident occurring to the liaison phoning the police chief and saying he's on his way and yeah. he needs cooperation that is a short period of time and it makes you wonder what what advice, what um, and and I don't know that we'll we'll learn all of this, but I would like to know if Jalen Carter was told to leave or told to come back. If you know, if if the if there were the fact that another another car was charged before Jalen Carter's car was was revealed to be a part of this, I just I would like to know the timing of this because this. Now there are national eyes on this. Now there are, you know, he is a very famous person, Jalen Carter, because he's on the cusp of being a very wealthy person. Yes. And I think that the eyeball, I mean, this is all over national news. There are going to be people swooping in, looking into this story, Mm -hmm. wanting to know, you know, you can't just pretend like none of this stuff happened. And I would love to know the relationship between the football program the university and the local police department and why it's so we're going to
1: find out more about that i guarantee you that this is the biggest story in the national football league right now yes it doesn't really it's bigger in chicago because the bears have the number one overall draft pick but when you're looking at the nfl with free agency uh, about 10 days away and, and the nfl combine and everybody gathered there this is the story and it will get the scrutiny it deserves two people lost their lives as we Uh, continue to reinforce that that premise and so what happened after that and as a result of that is why it matters you know what what was the role that kirby smart played what was the role that the georgia athletic department played if it was nothing okay let's find that out because they are also culpable here and i don't know to what degree we'll find out and we should find out video will tell part of the story you know, testimony will tell the other part of the story. It's a long process. So that is that part of it from a football perspective from the NFL teams evaluating it. Do you want any part of this? Do you want to invite this in to bring this into your organization? Because if you draft this young man in eight weeks or when it's seven weeks,
3: well, you, you,
1: you, you have to answer all these questions before you do that.
3: Was Jalen Carter ever given an alcohol test? on this on site when he came back anything like that well the story
1: the story says that he he showed no signs of alcohol impairment or but but I I I just it's a fair question
3: I just wonder and I and I I'll tell you what like you know there is there is obstruction of justice going on here if indeed you're lying to both the police and to the prosecutors, that that's not good. No doubt about that's that a problem. Um, here is, here's Kirby smart. Okay. So after the arrest warrants, uh, released on a Wednesday morning, Kirby smart, the head football coach at the university of Georgia said, uh, he, he, he released a statement that said, quote, the charges announced today are deeply concerning especially as we are still struggling to cope with the devastating loss of two beloved members of our community. We will continue to cooperate fully with the authorities while supporting these families and assessing what we can learn from this horrible tragedy.
1: Well, that's a statement that he has to make, and I, I don't want to uh, read too much into it because you know, it, it's it's sincere, it addresses it, but I think that that's just the beginning of what we need to hear from Kirby Smart. If you are, you know, in that community and and you just look at it from a big picture standpoint, he certainly showed deep concern. We haven't heard much from him from based on what we Alan Judd suggested. He hadn't spoken since. That's a long time for a, a coach of his stature to go silent. Yeah, but you can understand because. They're grieving. They're dealing with this tragedy. It has rocked the program in a way nobody could have anticipated. But when you have your own program involved and, in, in, you know, causing it or being part of it, then there is that responsibility. You, you have to, accountability is not something you can just talk about when you're recruiting players and, and coaching. It, 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 it applies in situations as serious as this one.
3: 312 644 67 Let's try Mike. Mike's in Orland Park. Hey, Mike.
2: Hey, guys. Um, I'm sorry to hear about this tragedy, but um, my question is like, if the Bears need a quarterback, right? I'm talking about a backup or whatever. Do you think that they would go after like a Hendon hooker if he's available in, say, the third round? And I just wondering if what your thoughts were with something like that. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think like a Justin Fields.
1: I don't think that's going to be a, a a high priority. I think that's a little high to draft a quarterback who's coming off an injury. Certainly a, a great talent. They don't have enough picks to. Do. They don't have enough picks to toy around with. And I yeah. and I say toy around. I, I understand, the and I have I've referenced pitch. the, the yeah. you know you need to back a quarterback ideally in the same style yeah. as Justin Fields. But I don't know that you want to. <laughs> use some of your valuable resources as a, a third-round pick to, to draft a quarterback. No, I would not do that. If you're asking my opinion of that, it's a bad idea.
3: Kevin's in St. Charles. Hey, Kevin. Good morning, Molly and Hall. How are you guys doing this
4: morning? Good, good Thanks, Kevin. Kevin. Uh, thank you for that last article with uh, the reporter out of Georgia. I mean, it's some good insight. But the fact of the matter is this. Uh, the Jalen Carter story should not change the Bears' objective in any shape, form, or manner. You know, you have an opponent that Brad Big said this morning in the Lions that have three picks before we even pick our second time. Right. That's assuming we, we pick number one overall. The goal of this draft, it doesn't matter who the talent, and you know, we can talk hypothetics about a number one overall quarterback, but that's not the case, is get as many picks as you can because it's not about just next, this season. We need to prepare for many seasons still to come. And by trading, getting as many picks as we can, we're setting up this organization for long-term future. That's, that's my little two cents. So, Kevin, up. let me ask you, me hold,
1: hold on, Kevin. So, so you're suggesting, I want to get this straight, not just because Jalen Carter is, you're saying trade down even if Jalen Carter weren't in this kind of trouble. You're in favor of trading down to accumulate picks because they need so much.
4: A hundred percent. Okay. You know, Dave, this, is, this has been, I, you know, I kind of chuckle listening to these mock drafts and all these different hypothetics. There's only one, one way to go. One player will not fix all the gaps and problems that the Bears have. You have to get rid of this. And as, it's unfortunate if there's not going to be a King's ransom for the pick, but it's the Bear, it's Ryan Pohl's due diligence, to make the most out of that one pick, whatever he can get for it. So I'm 100% in favor of quantity over of this one quantity any
3: day of the week. That's that's. Uh, Thanks, that's Kevin. Good call Kevin. It
1: is a good call because I think it re- reflects a, the reality of having a roster that that is so short on talent. It's unbelievable. And depth and everything. Right. There's so you few positions so that are many full. Many
3: positions. You need so what I mean. Yeah, a better exercise might be what you don't need.
1: You than, don't need a quarterback. You need. Okay. You don't. You probably don't need a frontline tight end. Okay. I'm just saying. The, I,
3: I take a tight end. Well, you would, but especially not, if like, there isn't a wide receiver. But again, let, let's be honest. I know. In, in the context of everything else, you need there. Is, there is depth at the tight end position in this draft. That's all I'm saying. And I, I, I think you. And I hear what you're saying. You ask the
1: questions. Those, those, okay. those are two
3: positions on offense.
1: I would say, okay, you're fine. Maybe one offensive lineman you feel okay about. Um. Other there, there is one you feel okay about, so you need four. Well, I think that you can you can live with Braxton Jones at one of the tackles, perhaps Cody Whitehair, maybe. Other than that, you have questions and you have needs, and you could fill them. So I, I think maybe two players on offense, on defense. I like the secondary because I think that you can you you can justify or rationalize. You have four guys that you can envision being starters, being well coached, and and I like that. But your front seven. Everything's up for grabs.
3: See, I, I think the other thing for me is th- the idea of trading the pick before your free agency so you know what you're looking for and not looking for, I think that's out the window now. I, I just don't think that – I don't think that they should do that. And I – and I, you know, I, we talked about
1: – I do think that's out the window now. Yeah, I do. That's
3: what, what I'm talking about this morning about
1: hitting – I think if you're Ryan Poles and you went into Indianapolis with this this binder full plan of your – Plan yeah. A. Plan A, plan – what happened with Jalen Carter yesterday, it's time for a new binder. It's time for a different plan. The circumstances yeah. have changed. I agree. There's one less likely player to be worth taking that, that risk on if you're in the top five. So now you might think, well.
3: you got the freedom to go lower.
1: Go lower. And that's why I think you wait until the last possible moment yep.
3: to make that deal. And there's more available lower than maybe people realize more teams are willing
1: now to or you're, you're you're more willing to listen to those teams that might be 10th 15th whatever because maybe they want to go up for whatever reason right we have seen that happen before when did the i think we'll have to i'll have to check the during the break how far did the titans or the rams go up when they made the trade with the titans for jared goff that was the last time this happened when they traded and they they came out of uh, the middle of the draft. And I think that be, I began this week, in all honesty, thinking totally different about this. Mm-hmm. Yesterday's news was big enough to make you reconsider your entire approach. This is what Brian Poles alluded to, though, when he talked.
3: Yeah. You got to be nimble. Yeah. But I I guess what I'm saying is, you know, I don't want them trading for a player, um, you know, regardless of how good the player well, is. I get it. That's yeah. going to be 29 years old, the, by the time you're going to be good enough to compete, what's the point? Is he's going to be in his thirties, and you're going to have a you know, a, a Khalil Mack contract. Well, I don't like mixing restart. the markets either. That bears repeating. So
1: I don't think that you need to mix in a player, as as polls alluded to on Tuesday, in a draft for the number one overall pick. Because you're right. If you are truly rebuilding this roster, then you want players who are less proven. In theory, and they're going to be less expensive, but you need more of those guys because you are trying to replenish and restock because it's bare.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, this is just, this is a really sad story. And this is a really sad situation with, you know, fatalities and this very highly, this guy on the verge of getting dressed. I mean, I, you know, and then his, the way he, You know, his statement, which again seemed like it was from a lawyer that he was going to be exonerated. Let's see. Let's just wait and see. I think uh, there's uh, a lot there.
1: I think that statement, if you look at it closely, we don't need to parse it, but I think that you naturally get used to doing that. Yeah. That came from an agent, not a defense lawyer. No. A defense lawyer would have been a lot more savvy. And that's why I asked the question if he had retained counsel locally. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he has. Right. It seemed like he's getting advice from. Uh, an agency whose primary purpose is to get this guy drafted as high as possible and deal with his every need as a football player. Your defense counsel has a much different objective and, frankly, job description, and that statement that he released via social media, all caps, screaming at us, was not done by somebody typically who releases statements of 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 exoneration or innocence.
3: And I mean, you know, saying that the media's gotten the story wrong, when you've been lying to the police and the prosecutors, sorry, pal, that we're not keeping up. Yeah. Let's try uh Corey. He's in Oak Lawn. Hey, Corey. How you doing? Good,
4: Good, Corey. Good. So
2: um I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best not to sound condescending or like a like a jerk here. Um I value life, everything that happened, it's absolutely horrid. Uh, and I'm, I'm not pushing that to the side. As far as, as far as the Bears going, this is just my my thoughts on it. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing your guys' take on it. Uh, we we've seen things like this in the past where where athletes don't end up doing time. I mean, at the end of the day, he left the scene of an accident. That's a crime in itself. Your guys you guys are absolutely right. We don't know if the kid was told, "Hey, get out of here," or "Hey, come back." We don't have the full story. But in a situation where say he does get found innocent and free of charges. Some people were talking about taking him or possibly taking him at one if we just stood Pat with the pick. Now I want to trade out. I want to set the whole franchise up. Pace has a once in a million opportunity to change the face of football. polls Got a hundred million dollars?
1: Yes, sir.
3: Polls, not pace. You just said pace. Oh, it's I'm okay. sorry. I yeah, wrong. Okay. wrong. Yeah, they changed to another Ryan they changed yeah. to another I Ryan know. and Matt. And another Ryan op- P. I know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so he has a chance, a hundred million dollars and number one pick. No one's had that. And we have a quarterback. We don't have to draft one. But if they were talking about possibly taking Anderson at one, if we can trade down with Houston to two and twelve and get something for the future. Now, like I said, if he's found innocent and not of any wrongdoings, because at the end of the day a life was lost, that takes precedence. But I almost don't mind taking Anderson at two and swinging back if Carter's there at twelve, because then you get two generational talents if he's free of charges, if otherwise you have to redirect and and go elsewhere. But uh, I I feel like I've talked enough. So I'm I'm sorry, John, this is very much thanks,
1: Corey. He's he's suggesting the Titans. I'm sorry, not the Titans, the the Texans move up to one and give them two and 12. And then they end up in this draft with Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, because he would still be there theoretically after dropping. That would give you a defensive line that, yeah, it would be the envy of, 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 every general manager from a football perspective, you might also be bringing in a, a, colossal headache and distraction into your locker room and organization.
3: Yeah. No. And
1: I mean, somebody you might not want representing your organization. Yeah. We don't know. It's very I early mean, again, in the process.
3: You know, just after talking to Alan Jutt, I would say tap the brakes on draft. Uh, and I would
1: say tap the brakes,
3: I, I t- tap yeah. the brakes on him being available. I, I,
1: I would be yeah. very, very cautious if I were an NFL team and just to close the loop, Really quickly, Molly. I, I referenced the Titans moving up to trade with the Rams in 2016. They they were at 15. They were at 15, and they moved up to one to get Jared Goff. The Rams moved up, trading with the Titans, and
3: got to a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, but that's how far down to your point. I know if you go down into the teens, you could you could theoretically now include a lot of teams between 10 and 15. That now are potential trade partners we might not have considered before yesterday.
3: 312 644 6767. It's Mullion Hawn, Chicago Sports Radio 67 7 the score.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?
5: um, those charges of street racing and um, re- reckless uh, reckless driving are predicates for more serious felony charges if they choose to file them. Um, you know, again, we
3: have no idea if that's going to happen yet. We're trying to find that out. Um, at the moment, this is all, all that they've that they have uh, have hit him with. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. That is Alan Judd of the Atlanta uh, Journal-Constitution. We spoke with him earlier in the hour, and uh, that, to me, is a very significant statement on his part. That, to me, is, is sort of the crux of the issue. Uh, if Jalen Carter, if it's just misdemeanor um, crimes that he's charged with, I think that Teams will find a way. If, if he won't be banned from playing in the NFL, he won't be prohibited. He the league won't be, intervene the league here. Won't intervene at they have well. no jurisdiction. None. He's and, not a player, and he'll be available in the draft. And right. and teams will have to make their own decision based on the talent level, based on you know maybe their their coaching staff, based on I don't think based it's on come their down. ability to, to to take a risk and yes. absorb one. Yes,
1: based on their ability to to overcome a mistake. Different organizations are at different phases of their growth. The right. Bears are at the very beginning. Right. That's why they are in a position they have to be risk-averse. You or would, you would go the other way. I mean, some people would, would argue, and I, I guess I'm bringing my own thoughts into that. If I were in the Bears' position, I would be risk-averse because I would want to make sure that every decision that I made was – a smart
3: one, and I wouldn't take a gamble like this because you risk looking dumb. Well, I think there's a huge difference between taking a player at number one or trading down accruing picks and taking a player midway through the Totally draft. true. So I, I would keep that in mind as I was well, making my decisions. I, you know, I, I'd have a hard time taking him just because all of the character and all of the, all the, the nonsense I speak Pattern of behavior. Yes. More likely to
1: do it again once he is a professional. If he did it when he was an amateur, wait until he gets comfortable. Then you might see him lapse, even though he may sound like he's telling, you know, uh, saying the right things now. Let's see how he acts later. I get what you're saying. But your point about teams being at different levels and and some teams are going to be more willing to take that chance than others explains why we both know – that if he isn't facing any sort of time away from the game, any sort of suspension, any sort of jail time, there's gonna be a team in the top ten likely to take him. He would be unlikely to drop out of out of the top ten.
3: But that that right, like I'm telling you right now, I would I'd be looking at alternate plans based on what Alan Judd told us. If that's a precursor and there is video evidence I think that – and he's lied. He's been caught lying a couple times. I think this could get worse for him. And, you know, I also don't think that the sort of arrogance that he came out with in his statement yesterday is going to fly. I I think now – You read that
1: as arrogance? I read it. I read that as as a naive young man, probably a little fearful that people are going to jump to conclusions, and I don't think it was the brightest statement at all Certainly didn't set the right tone. Well,
3: I, I just maybe
1: arrogant is the right way to refer to maybe it.
3: Maybe that's the wrong word. I don't know. But what I think is th- that this story has changed significantly because it's no longer something you can brush under the carpet, just with the local cops and the university, and we're all going to, hey, we'll get you two tickets on the sideline. I, I think the story has changed and I think that the number of people alerted to it is going to change the conversation significantly. And I would worry that the charges would change with that. So I'm I just, I'm not plotting away how I'm going to get this guy right now. I, I, I am really waiting and seeing where he's going to end up.
1: I think we're both speaking from a point of view, though, that, that we're applying our own value judgments to this. And I, and, and I think that you're right. I would have the same degree of caution – and and i would be very very careful in making a commitment to somebody that is bound to disappoint you down the road based on his past behavior but let's face it this is the nfl and there are a lot of executives and coaches that will care only about his ability to get to create a straight line from him and the quarterback and what how will he control the line of scrimmage and this other stuff and let's i don't want to it's totally out of context but Let's go back to what Ryan Poles described as his ideal defensive lineman, the Volt principle, violence, length, tenacity. You're describing somebody who – where's character? No.
3: Yeah. No, not on, <laughs> not on the defensive <laughs> line.
1: Character, when you're yeah. evaluating character, it's not exactly in your top five traits you're looking for in your defensive tackles. Let's just face it. That's, yeah. that's just the way it is. Maybe it's different in, by position, but – there's enough executives and coaches out there that would justify and rationalize taking Jalen Carter if he's there without facing a suspension.
3: If Jalen Carter fell to the 20s, teams would break their ankles rushing to try to get to the draft board to take him, right? They'd be running to the podium, knocking each other over. There'd be somebody tackling someone, a guy diving over the top and grabbing a hold of the commissioner. I'm telling you, that That is the reality of it. What I'm saying is if you start, if you change the, the criminal case against him, that's a different story. It is. And and I mean, two people died and there was a lot of shenanigans. There was lying to the police. There was, and apparently there's video evidence of this, you know, racing stuff you're talking well, about. Well, that,
1: that's, that's what could change the minds of people because of the indelible image video leaves. And that's why when you talk about past examples and I'm, I'm only comparing these two incidents in in the way of the the impact the video had on the cases and the way they were handled and the players that, that suffered as a result. Ray Rice, Kareem Hunt, the video of that, right or wrong, had a a more profound effect sure. and more lasting impact on what they did and the abuse they le- they 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 leveled on their uh you know girlfriend or wife, in, in, in case, I think, Ray Rice, then reading about it. Right. And reading about this case with Jalen Carter is not going to have the same effect as seeing the video if we have it, as Alan Judd suggested. If that ever sees the light of day, different story. So you're right in, in leaving the, the possibilities open because once this becomes a felony, once this becomes more public in nature, it could be different.
3: Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven let's try Craig. He's on the road. Hi, Craig
5: Hey morning, guys. Just wanted to throw something out there. you know, I was listening to biggs this morning talking about these uh, prospects, and you got Carter, you got will Anderson, you got the Texas tech guy. Just curious to see if you guys think that long term uh Iberflus is a good is the best coach for the job um you know, just in terms of scheme, you got to take young guys. You got to put them in a favorable scheme. And from watching, you know, the Bears this year, I just really didn't see it. Uh, very simple defense, no blitzes. You know, you take a guy, th- those guys, and you put them one on one, and you don't blitz and and stuff like that. You don't help them out. You know, is that is he really going to get them there? Just to, just uh, just want to get your thoughts there.
1: Thanks for the phone call. I don't think you can hold the uh, talent deficiency that the Bears experienced in 2022 against Matt Eberflus or read anything in about the scheme. So I I don't come out of this uh, off season looking ahead to who they're drafting and think, okay, they've got great talent, but the, uh, Flusi just can't coach them up. I don't, I don't have that feeling at all.
3: Let's try uh, Trent. He's uh, listening online. Hi, Trent.
5: Hey, guys. I, I just, ever since, the bears ended up with the first pick. It has felt like the most bears thing ever because they finally get the first overall pick in one of the shallowest drafts in recent memory. And now we're seeing not to make light of what's happened with the Jalen Carter situation, because it's terrible, but relative to the bears, it takes what was already a shallow draft, makes it shallower at the top. And I cannot understand people who are saying stay and draft one person. There isn't a single player in this draft that is going to make this team better enough to justify the pick. And frankly, I don't know how many players there are in the top hundred relative to upcoming or recent drafts that are going to do that. I don't even care about getting capital for the balance of this draft. If it means we roll picks over into 2024, so be it. But I just can't shake that this is the most Bears thing ever to lose, win, and still lose, given the circumstances. That's funny, Trent.
3: Yeah.
1: Thanks for the phone call, Trent. Yeah, yeah I, I, it is funny. It's amusing. It's
3: just It's, just, uh, it's very funny to say it that way.
1: Yeah, he thinks that the Bears are cursed to the point where even <laughs> they when they have the number one overall pick, their own way. bad things happen, and they can't it's, get out of their own way. It's a
3: funny comment. Yeah. I don't think it's a serious comment. Do you? No. I don't know. Do you believe in them, lucky Do you uh, embrace really. it? No. Not really. I didn't I? Didn't believe you did? No. Uh, let's uh, let's get to a break. We'll come back. We'll get some more calls. We have a lot of people who want to talk about this. I, I'm. I I was bothered by that interview. I am disturbed. Bothered by, by that. what
1: he shared in terms of the possibility, more than what you weren't bothered by. He wasn't reticent oh, or anything. He was, he was fantastic. Yeah,
3: but I'm saying, I I felt I felt coming in here that the shock of the of that yesterday was going to wear off, and that things were going to shift they're going to escalate. Age. It's going to intensify. But this is what I've. It's, it's already happening. This is what is yeah. re- being revealed to me. Did, As I got used to the idea.
1: Did it surprise you the timing was coincidental?
3: Um, I find that hard to believe.
1: I did too, a little bit. Yeah, we but, should talk about that. Okay.
3: 312, 644, 6767, Mullion Hall on the score. Violence, length, tenacity. Mullion Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, uh, 670 the score.
1: I don't recall Ryan Poles saying honesty. And integrity as part of the qualities he's looking for in the ideal defensive tackle.
3: That is the Volt principle. Yes, it is. As David has described yeah. it, uh, you want the violence. Violence, you want, length, tenacity, yeah. integrity,
1: honesty. Well, maybe not. No. Okay. No. Get to the quarterback, young man. That's Stop true. the run. Roam sideline to so, sideline. So
3: I got a hard time believing <sighs> that there isn't something. Um, this, this felt to me like the absolute worst moment that the uh, charges could be announced in terms of uh, of Jalen Carter being charged with, uh, with a couple of uh, misdemeanors while at the scouting combine about a half hour before he was going to talk.
1: Well, I think it's fair. I had the same feeling. Uh, call it cynical, call it experience, whatever you want to call it. I do think it's something related to the fact that here was – Jalen Carter, uh, within an hour of having his moment at the NFL Combine, the story breaking that there was an arrest warrant out for him back in Athens, Georgia. Maybe
3: they were doing him a favor. But uh, you know, maybe how? He, well, he couldn't go up there and lie. Say that if they had- were
1: doing him a favor, they would have. They had the arrest warrant issued last Friday.
3: Well, but but and he never would have gotten there. Okay, so we know that the accident occurred on January fifteenth. And we know did you say that that the other car, the linebacker's car, was charged on the twenty third
1: Dumas Johnson was charged and he was arrested on february twenty second of charges of 27th. reckless driving and racing related okay. to a separate incident, so he was released oh, a day just, later
3: he was a
1: separate incident so he was racing well up- it was he was there but but the point is, is that he was charged yeah. a week ago, yeah in the same situation the same incident related to oh, related mean, to the that, scene. that night yes okay so my point would be they knew then what we found out yesterday
3: and i think had i think to have. well that's what i'm saying and i think that they probably had this this um, video evidence you're talking about and i'm i well we know for a fact that he left the scene of the accident and then he came back and he lied to police, claimed he was a mile away when it happened. Mm-hmm. And then they they had him come back again, and he lied again, saying that he saw the taillights of the car, but he wasn't, you know, whatever. He denied
1: racing. Yes. And then the officer that he told that to claimed in the report that we got, got access to yesterday that they detected no obvious evidence of drinking, that he wasn't drinking.
3: But how would you know that?
1: I I test don't someone. know that you talking and about. And how
3: would you know that? Like, let me tell you something. If you're, if there is a, if there is, if you are racing with a couple people, you know, ha ha ha, and they die, I would imagine that would sober your arse at, up at, at like, two in the morning. Holy Mother of God!
1: Yeah. And plus, just common sense prevails. If you're an officer, I don't know why they didn't uh, have a blood so, alcohol test. And but- I
3: don't know who, but I would imagine that somebody felt like you know. This guy's lied to us a couple times. We've got evidence. Let's charge him, and and if this is the worst time for him, maybe he won't lie. Let's to make the it next. worse. Yes, we'll teach him. Yes, I, I can't. I, I can't. I can't.
6: I, imagine I can't that get
1: past incredible. that possibility because yeah. we we just know how this works and have seen whether it's in Athens, Georgia, Chicago, or wherever the case may be. These things are part of those conversations when the stories come out and the and the information is shared. All right, so that's one element of it. The other one, you came back in here, and it's a very interesting thing. Dustin, I don't want to speak for Dustin, but we're talking about the pro day. Now that Jalen Carter hasn't had his time at the NFL Combine, the pro day at Georgia is a time where he can make an impression on NFL teams. That's when you run and lift. You run, you lift, you show off, you make an impression. Do
3: some interviews.
1: Dustin, you don't think that Georgia will welcome Jalen Carter to the pro day? You think that's a possibility?
6: This is pretty serious, and yes, I, I, I think that's a, a good possibility. That, that's why, and the reason I brought it up was, okay, so he did what he was asked to do, what he had to do, right? He had to go back to Athens. He went. He spent 16 minutes in and out, paid a $4,000 fine. The NFL combine is still going on. So I had asked, "Is it a possibility that he goes back and does the workouts that he had said he was going to do?" And you guys had said, "No shot. He's gonna wait till the pro day." And I gotta say, if I'm a, if I'm Kirby Smart, I tell him and his guy, "No shot. You're not coming back around, my guys. You're not coming back. We aren't going to say go ahead and lie to the. P-. Here's what we know for sure. This isn't. He lied to the police, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not an." The,
1: Dustin, I, I I respect where you're coming from, but I also think that realistically, you think Kirby Smart's going to tell Jalen Carter in that environment? We already know that they won a, two
3: national championships. You think championships. that
1: he's going to tell him not to come back? You're not welcome back how, here. How do you? think I'll tell that you what: was, if
6: I was doing sports talk radio in Atlanta, Georgia, or you, if I was if I was a columnist, yeah. th- that would be where I'm going. He is not. He you well,
3: know, here's the problem, though. Think about it, no, Dustin. No shot. Just think about the negative recruiting that you face. If you are not standing by your guy, but after, there's a
6: reason not to stand well, by I, the guy.
3: I totally agree with you. But, 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 but I'm okay, saying guys, let so take a step. Coaches, take a I step back. We're
1: hard. talking about the SEC, and I, I think I'm going to be stereotypical here. We're talking about a conference where we see in basketball the University of Alabama. they they're only playing this kid who handed the gun Brandon to a Miller. guy who Brandon Miller, right? Yes. So he
3: gave the gun to Darius gave the Miles, gun who killed to Darius Miles. It led
1: to a death, and
3: he's still on the basketball court. This is the this is the SEC, and they're and they're doing a a pat down drill. Get it?
6: Yes. Oh, did you see? Did you Come hear on. his uh, reasoning? of
3: that? Yeah.
6: PSA, because he's ready for takeoff.
1: Yeah, that's insulting.
6: Right? That's
3: that, insulting is and that, that well, absurd. Year, he's, a he's a joke. He's a disgrace. Fire him. Sure. I, that uh, situation's on me. we addressed as a team as soon as i brought it up to them they immediately understood how it could be interpreted and we all felt awful about it they explained to me that it's like when tsa checks you before you get on a plane and now brandon's cleared for takeoff we as the adults in the room should have been more sensitive to how it could have been interpreted and I, I dropped the ball. That's, that's it. I dropped hey, the ball on it. Yeah. We've addressed it. I can assure you it won't happen again. Tell him to take your shoes off. How's that?
1: Yeah, okay. Take your shoes off. And get on a plane, Nate yeah, Oates. And, and, Siberia.
3: Yeah. Take your See shoes ya. off and get a, get a nice seat. Anywhere. On the bench somewhere.
1: Come on. I'm tired of that guy. Break. But but this is the environment that
6: becomes conducive to all this yeah. permissiveness. Yeah. Now, you're probably right, David. Uh, but let me ask you this. Just You're probably right. But the... Question: it. Are you okay with it? No. Are you okay with him being part of their pro day?
1: Well, I don't think that if I were if I were representing Jalen Carter, I would not put him in that situation. Okay, to answer the question, I guess indirectly. So
6: you'd have a pro, you'd have like your own pro day. You'd yes. Go rent out or an astroturf field. Or I something would. And-
1: I would insulate this young man from all of the outside world. Okay. You now have to find a bubble, because there's nothing to be gained, especially if, Mully, You're exactly. This is going to get worse before it gets better, and if you're representing this this young man, this potential star in the NFL, and you have all of those possibilities, I am putting him in a bubble. He can go to Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, darkness retreat and just hide for two months, because you go to Georgia. You're going to have to answer questions you're not prepared to, ask, to answer.
3: And, I don't, and if you know, you're Georgia, you, you don't know, look. I, I mean, I, I think you have to see what happens. I don't think you can. If the guy is charged with a felony, I don't believe there's any way you can have him at your pro day. Well, no, so you no, might no, wanna, no. You might want to get in front of that now by protecting it and having a private pro whatever. But do you expect that? I don't, I don't expect them listen, to do the right thing. I don't expect them to do anything. I think this has been, this is what I'm saying to you. There are now people watching this. They haven't done the right thing since this accident happened. The first the first impulse is cover it up. That's the first impulse. And, and that's always worse than whatever the hell you're, the crime you commit is. It was a horrible thing that happened. I don't think he ran him off the road, but I think that he was involved in that night, and he should have been there, and he should have taken responsibility for his actions at the time. And unfortunately, he didn't, and he lied about it, and he lied about it again, and he got caught. And now we'll see how the courts handle it. But I'm with you. I think this is a hugely embarrassing situation for the player, for the for the school, and it is a tragedy. There are two and, people died,
1: and, and to bring it home, it's a potentially embarrassing situation for any team that drafts Jalen Carter.
3: No shadow of a doubt. So no that includes the doubt. Chicago
1: Bears. So he, if you're he, thinking about having him... Lining up and reminding you of Tommy Harris, mm.
3: and what kind of person is looking for a way to get out of any responsibility connected to a, a dead former teammate and a staffer that you knew? How do you how do you run from that? It's just it's it's like a real character flaw, man. No matter what, that's terrible. All right, we've we've got to shift gears, and I'm delighted to do so. We're going to talk to Eddie Olchek. We'll get uh, Eddie's take on Patrick Kane. With the Rangers, what is that going to look like and how good are they going to be and where are the Blackhawks left? And just how Eddie's doing. Yeah, we can t- we'll catch miss up Eddie. with Eddie. I do too. I miss Eddie. He's a good man. And yeah. we'll talk to him next. It's Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 4 hours with audio every day.